Proudly hosted by Red Nation Online. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and everywhere else you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome to episode 30 of Ours is the Fury with the season 2. Everybody's here. Welcome. Hi. Hey, guys. Hey. So we just left the uh, Stony Monday Riots event uh, where they organized a, a players meeting. Is that what it's called, guys? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just a hangout with the players. Went to a pub, had a few drinks, food. Yeah, big plans for next season. Be good. A lot of new players. A lot of new players this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of things have changed, but the, the core guys are still there. I mean, uh, who showed up today? Mason Trafford was there, Richie Ryan, Nikki Patterson, Ubi, Parapovic. Tabellas. Oliver was there, Stikio, um, yeah, a lot of new guys, Patrick, Patrick Mishik. That's Mishik. the guy who played in Poland for a while, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And Wiedelman, 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 Wiedelman. <laughs> Andrew Wiedelman, former TFC player, I think he was there for like two and a half years or so. And Ryan Richter was there. That's right, who's not, now completely an Ottawa yep. Fury FC player and no longer loaned. Martin Nash was there, who's... Hiding. He was hiding, yeah, he didn't come into the main room. Did we mention Tommy Heineman? Tommy Heineman was there. Yeah, he's fitter than ever, apparently. Yeah, I stood side by side with him, and then we both stood sideways, and I was twice as wide as him. Yeah. <laughs> Considering his hot dog consumption, it's quite impressive. <laughs> nice. It's looking good. Well, either way, we're all pretty excited for the new season to start. It's, it's been a long break. It's been a long winter. Yes, it's been particularly cold. All of you who are in Ottawa know that. Um, but let's talk about a few things that happened uh, in the off season. So the biggest news was probably the, the Ottawa Fury scratching the W League team. How do you all feel about that? Um, I did not understand that decision uh, since we have the Women's World Cup coming to our city uh, this summer. And I thought that would be like prime time for you know, the Ottawa Fury women to get some more support out, but um, I don't know, I guess it was a business decision, but I was I was pretty sad to see them go. I think there's something else in the works. Like, we're not the only team. Uh, every team in Canada scrapped their W League team except for Quebec City and uh, Laval. And all the other teams, Toronto Lynx scrapped their program, Kitchener. So, I think there's something in the works with League One Ontario. There's a there's a women's league coming up with League One Ontario, and hopefully Ottawa will have a team in that. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of an unfortunate timing also because the Ottawa Fury uh, announced a bunch of, of new men's teams, right? So we're going to enter a team into the Premier League to Quebec, and we're also going to have a U9 team. Uh, team and, um, so it's kind of weird that they said it's a business decision, but then they launch all these other men's teams. Well, they're they're new they're new leagues, right? They're not new teams, but mm-hmm. yeah. It's the same two teams. They're just now playing in in the yeah. In they have those teams before. They're not adding the teams. But. No. With yeah, a different league. You nice know, to see uh, some of the players who don't get enough playing time during the regular season get some playing time with uh, uh, those teams in the PLSQ. Yeah, and we asked today about where they're going to play. 
in the PLSQ. We asked the club today and they still don't know. They're just not ready to announce where they're going to play the home games for the Quebec League. So, oh, yeah, we imagine it'll be uh, Algonquin, but it might be in Gatineau. I'm hoping it's Algonquin. Only because I live close to there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm hoping you got no because I live close to that stadium. So. Yeah, that's going to be weird because there's so much, like, uh, fields. There's so many fields being used for the, the World Cup and, like, you know, the main team and now the, the um, <clears throat> U19 and the, the Junior Fury, so... I don't know how, how scheduling is going to go, but... It's going to be rough for the Fury, the Women's World Cup, and they don't have access to their own stadium for practices. I think it might affect the team a little bit. Uh, they, they can't even practice at Carlton's, from what I heard, to not practice. They have to find another place to practice. Yeah, and they're going to have a, quite a few away games in a row, and uh, we'll see how they manage. It, it should be all right. But it's always, there's always something, like last year we had the two stadiums, and of course we have the long winters here. So there's always something working against us. We'll see. Well, let's take a moment and talk about the players that left us. Um, let's start with the one that, that hits us the hardest. Ryan, please uh, pull yourself together. Tony Donatelli is not going to be with us next season. Yeah, so Tony Donatelli's not coming back. He's having a career year. At the Baltimore Blasters in the indoor league? Yeah. Is that what you're referring to? It'd be nice to see him back in the NASL. He's, he still has a few years in him. And uh, there's so many new teams in uh, the USL as well. So Well, I, he I was easily them. a star player in the first half of the season last year. He, um, he dropped out a bit towards the uh, tail end of the season. But the first half, the spring season, he was great. Can't see him not having a club, but we'll see. There's still still a few weeks. We don't know who he's talking to, but yeah, Tony Donatelli won't be back with the Fury next yeah, year. I think the indoor season goes until like late March or so, and then we'll see. Uh, another player that left it was Mayard, which is really not a surprise. I mean, he he was always a little clumsy out there, and yeah, it just didn't seem to fit in well with the team. A little bit unfocused, but. Knows worked really hard but was also just incredibly unlucky out there I, he did his best down the left wing there he's always running he was stuck he ran. to the wing yeah. he was stuck he was like he <laughs> ran up and down that line and yeah um, I think he'll find a home I don't know if it'll be like in the PLSQ or USL or something but he'll find a home we'll, we'll keep track of him and then there's the Canadian Caseros, which we didn't see much of him at all. I don't think we saw any of him. I think he played in the, the Rangers in game. the Rangers game, and that was all. Um, I was kind of disappointed because he's I I don't know is he from Ottawa? I know he played mm-hmm. on the the PDL team, um, but it it was kind of interesting to see like a local guy on the team, but he never really played. So I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> Thing is, is there's options for these players now. Where a few years ago there wasn't options. If you played in NASL or MLS, and there wasn't very many options if you if you didn't make the first team. Um, yeah. So another player that left us was the Jamaican Woodbine, who I thought was great. Like, I, I loved really him. That was a him. big surprise for me because he seemed really solid. And I mean, they went to. It seemed like they went to great lengths to get him last year. It might be his decision too. Like That's true. we we assume that it's the club's decision, but it might be the player's decision too. 
Um, he's signed with the Charleston Battery, right? I believe he's on trial with them. He's I don't on trial. He's signed fully with them, but he did. He's definitely suited up for them in the offseason. Yeah, big connection between our team and the Charleston Battery. Yeah, according to uh, the internet, he, he's still without a club. So, but I can't imagine him being out out of a club for too long. He's he's a quality player. And Jamaican international too, right? Yeah. So another player that left us that I'm pretty sure Blogsmith is gonna be pretty sad about is Vinny Dantas. Yeah, it was a. I don't know. It wasn't necessarily a surprise, but it was. It was kind of tough to see him go. I thought played pretty well here, but being the international spot that he was taking up was probably the the kicker in that. Mm. And he, and he's playing indoor right now. Yeah. But no no word on a. A future club for him. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be picked up somewhere. He's a pretty, uh, pretty talented guy. Still young. Is he also at the Baltimore Blasters? Yes, he is. He's he's like their leading scorer, I believe. He scored four goals in the first half last night. <laughs> you still watching it? <laughs> no, I keep. I didn't watch it. I kept up. I keep up to date. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. And then our backup goalkeeper, Devela Gorik, uh, yeah. left. But he's signed somewhere now. Yeah, he's signed with Colorado Switchbacks, an expansion team in the USL. Not USL Pro, USL Rising. No, USL. <laughs> so um, I think he'll be a big part of that team. He was a big part of our team last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, my favorite player, everyone thinks Donatelli is my favorite player, but Gorick was my favorite player last year. I really enjoyed watching him, and, and I thought he did a great job back there. And I think he'll do a great job in Colorado. I think it's He'll be one of the better skilled keepers in the USL. Yeah, and then another goalkeeper that left us was Chad Bush. Um, from my understanding, he decided to go to college somewhere in the States. Or... Yeah, he signed up. He's, he's playing for a team. Yeah, he's playing for... Uh, well, he decided to go to, to college in... Uh, in Canada. Oh, in Canada. I don't... I don't... I haven't heard of uh, which, which school he's going to yet, but... Whichever schools he goes to, we'll get a very good goalkeeper. Yeah. Very lucky school. Absolutely. And that pretty much concludes all the players that, that left us. Um, I mean, there were other players that left us before the end of the season, but in terms of the ones that, that aren't returning and that, that were still in the squad by the end of the season. And that pretty much brings us to the people that joined us, and there's quite a few of them, and they're pretty much all center backs. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, seriously, there's, um, there's quite a few interesting players. Um, let's start with Mike Randolph, who's a left back, you know, can sometimes play left mid. Uh, lots of NASL experience. He spent the last two years with the silver backs. Um, we didn't meet him yet. He wasn't at the uh, meet and greet. Um, is he the guy that scored that goal against us, or is that a different guy? That no, was Alves. That's oh, Alves. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Randolph was the I think I believe the captain for the Silverbacks last year. Mm. Yeah, and uh, he he played on a team. One of the most fairy tale stories in U.S. soccer is when Cal FC went really far in the U.S. Open Cup, mm-hmm. and he was one of those players out of contract that joined up with Cal FC and made that big run in the U.S. Open Cup. So that's kind of exciting. So, cup games mean a lot to him. So, maybe that's good. Extra motivation for yeah. the Voyager's Cup. Yeah, hopefully. And he's Brazilian. 
as well. No, he's Mike uh, Randolph? No, no. no Randolph's not very Brazilian. He's American. Mike, he's American. He's American. Yeah, he played yes. on the U.S. Uh, U23 national team. All right then. Yeah, but Elvis. We, we Elvis is Brazilian. Yes. And we pinched him off uh, Fort Lauderdale, right? Yes. He is the guy who scored the first ever NASL goal against the Fury. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but now he plays for us. Much so. so he better score the first exactly. goal for the Fury this year. Exactly. As redemption. We're watching you. No, but uh, he's one of the he's a storied uh, defender in the NASL. He's well known all around the league. And uh, when Dos Santos said they needed experience, NASL experience, and they got some with this guy. He's he's gonna be very important back there. Yeah, big guy, six three. Um, yeah, apparently uh, he, the Fury with were fighting for uh, with like three or four other teams for him in the offseason to try to sign him. And he came here and uh, he joined a lot of other center backs. Nice. Yeah, last year he was with the Strikers, so great experience there. Yeah, went to the final. Mm-hmm. So. That's right. So it's good to have that experience. Welcome, Rafael. Yeah. <laughs> and then another Brazilian that joined us is Paulo Jr., who was a, who was a forward or a bit of a winger. And um, he also played for the Strikers, interestingly. And he scored 11 goals in one season. More importantly, he played for Real Salt Lake. And he's the guy that scored like a brace in the CCL or something, right? He's, he scored the goal that got RSL into the final of the CONCACAF Champions League. So that's like the biggest moment. I might be a little bit of an RSL fan. so uh, That was the biggest moment in <laughs> RSL history. It's when they played the final game. They played a home-and-home and lost. But... Seven-year-old club made it to the final of the Champions League, and he was the big reason why. And if you go on YouTube, there's some great highlight videos of his career. Like he's, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised at how good this guy is, mm -hmm. given the right service and stuff. I've seen him a lot across like the city's soccer domes. Like he's just been hanging out there. Like I play in these beer leagues, like Wednesday night and Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just been hanging around. I think he like he really likes his football, and like he figured he he since he's here early, he may as well just go watch random soccer. Does he play at home? No, no. He was just <laughs> hanging around, just watching. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, you might as well get into you know the culture of soccer in the city that you're playing with. So that's great. I just seeing like. Him hook up up front with Oliver would just be amazing. Mm -hmm. like I, I'm really excited for this year. Like offensively, we look really strong, and we have a hundred defenders, <laughs> so we look good defensively. All center backs. Yeah, we have like one new midfielder, I think. So um, I'm really excited for what's happening on our offense. Yeah, and Paulo Jr. He does bring you know, like you said, some MLS experience with the Real Salt Lake, but he also played Vancouver Whitecaps for a bit, and he has NASL experience. He was also at Fort Lauderdale, so he yeah. really is the complete uh, package. Yeah. And uh, another player that came to us is Colin Falvey, an Irishman. He's a defender. He he played uh, with the Kerala Blasters. 
So he played together with Ian Hume in, in India. And he had quite a few funny stories to share with us tonight. Yeah, he seems like a great, great player and a strong character. You can tell, like, he's already a part of the team. Mm-hmm. The way, you know, today seeing them all together and and he's already a part of the team. And I'm pretty excited to see him. He's, he played for the Charleston Battery team with uh, Nikki Patterson as well, right? Yep. Yeah, so... And he played last year in India in that Super League. And he was telling us some stories today about playing in India and like how you can't leave, you can't go anywhere in public. And he's so happy to be in Ottawa where he can like go to a, go to a pub and have a meal and no one bothers him. <laughs> so, but we're very lucky to have a player of his skill. I think it was a good find by Dos Santos. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> And then we got Andrew Wiedemann joining us, who's a former TFC player. He's pretty much an out-and-out striker. Um, I think he, he was really good in co- like when he played college, but didn't really um, do too well with TFC. But Kendra thinks he's very good-looking, she told me. <laughs> I don't think he had like an, enough opportunity at TFC, you know? Yeah. Like... Um, he has pace, though, eh? You've, everyone's seen him play in the MLS, and they've seen his pace. Uh, he never really got the service that he needed to play. But Yeah, I think he brings kind of, um, with the Fury we were lacking last year, as like a, a natural goal scorer. He's like a natural finisher. They can hopefully uh, put some balls in the net from uh, Oliver and Paolo Jr. and Hayworth. I think we're not be surprised. I think, I think you don't see a lot of goals from him, and that's him. Him and Paulo Jr. and Oliver, like you have those options up front. They're competing for the same spot. I think two of them. So it's good options now. Although Tommy Heinemann looks pretty fit, and apparently he's fitter than ever. He's definitely thin. Yeah. <laughs> he's razor thin. <laughs> <laughs> The guy must have like 1% or half a percent body fat. Like they weren't kidding when they said that he's ready for the season. <coughs> yeah. And then we had another uh, midfielder join us, Patrick Mischik. And he played uh, over in Poland for Slask Wroclaw, which is in southern Poland. And I think he played mostly for the uh, reserve team. I don't, I don't think he actually had an appearance for the first team. But that's still a pretty good experience uh, to play down there and... He played for the Francophone national team and the Brantford Galaxy. Seems like a nice guy, down to earth. He's yeah, yeah, he was brought up in the CSL system in Brantford. He actually didn't play League One Ontario, he played uh, in the old CSL. And uh, yeah, he's our midfielder that we added. He's not, he's not the biggest guy, eh? he's, he's probably one of the smaller players on the team. <laughs> yeah, I think he's more of a backup. But uh, we'll see how he how he does. We'll see. He's excited to be back in Canada and playing for Canadian teams. And he has family in the city and everything, so it's good. Well, and then finally we added Brandon Politronieri. <laughs> what? That's a perfect pronunciation, Kendra. I appreciate it. Pol- Pol- 
No, it, I'm just laughing because I don't have any idea how to pronounce his last name. Poltro—that's very good, actually, John. Poltronieri. Okay. Anyway, sorry, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Ottawa. <laughs> and he's a left back, and he played mainly in Costa Rica. Uh, in Costa Rica, I think he was a national team player of Costa Rica as well. But yeah, and he was, but he was American-born. Mm-hmm. So it happens in the states too. Yeah, he did. They deserved their, their original. <laughs> and he did national. back up Mike Randolph, who we also got. Oh, so he has experience playing with Randolph. Oh. Yeah. We got a lot of people that have experience playing at the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, eh? Yeah, and Charleston Battery. So, yeah. We're like a hybrid of those two teams. That's fine. I mean, that, that will probably help the team kind of like come together and gel quickly. So, I mean, that's fine. That's, that's great because then. They already trust each other and they've already played together and uh, it'll just make it all the stronger like coming out for the first game. Alrighty then. So that pretty much brings us to the end of uh, uh, the first part of the podcast. So uh, speak to you soon. Don't forget to check out OttawaFIFA.ca for the Stony Monday Riot FIFA 15 tournament. It's happening March 28th, 2015. There's going to be up to $1,000 in cash and prizes. See you there. You know what pisses me off? Welcome back, what? by the way. Uh, <laughs> Welcome back. Guess what pisses John off? <laughs> the preseason schedule. There's like no games I can go to. Like None of the games are during you know, acceptable hours. They're all during working hours and and also the the game against TFC2 and the the game against the FC Montreal the USL Pro team is uh, closed doors. Yeah. yeah. I don't know it's it's so it's been minus 20 or below <laughs> the last few weeks uh, and like I hit minus 10 today and it felt like tropical so <laughs> I there's a lot of snow on the ground right now. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I don't see why they don't do the preseason like completely in Florida or something like that. Yeah, they're going to Carolina this year um, instead of Florida, which is, you know... But they're only playing one preseason game against Wakefield University. Wake Forest. Yeah. Wake Forest, sorry. Wakefield's here. <laughs> and then they're going to have their very first uh, game of the NASL against Carolina. Real Hawks. It would have been nice to have one. Yeah, for sorry. One sorry. Saturday night or game at uh, in Gatineau. Yeah, because they were fun. Remember were last really fun. year? It was a good yeah. time. Yeah, so the game in Gatineau is going to be on a Friday, but they don't know if it's Friday morning or afternoon yet. I thought it was like 10 a.m. Yeah, it was 10 a.m. Originally it was 10 a.m., but they're saying today they're not sure what time the game is actually going to be. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. But they've also said it's closed to like the regular public, so... The game here? Yeah, I think so, isn't it? No, only, oh. the, only the game in Montreal and the game in Toronto. Oh, okay, I understand. But, I don't know, do you think it's enough of a preseason? Like, you got these other teams going over to Europe, there's some other teams playing in big tournaments in the States. Cosmos went to Hong Kong. Yeah, and played fake games. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't compare ourselves to the Cosmos, that's a whole different budget. Really? Yeah. You think so? Yeah, I think so. We play in the same league as them. We, I think I we have to say. compare to them. Yeah, but yeah, different. 
But do you think maybe the cosmos are overrated? Hmm. That's a whole other debate. Well, they have Raul now. Yes, he's 37, but it's Raul. Like, do, you, do you think the Cosmos will take the league? No, I don't think the Cosmos will take the league. Who do you think will take the league? Minnesota. I think maybe, yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota, New York. Maybe Tampa. No, what about San Antonio? Mm. Been fairly quiet over the offseason. They have signed a few guys recently, but... But not much quick. change, and they won the league last year. But I think Minnesota was kind of like pissed that they didn't win the league last year. So I think they're probably super motivated. So I don't know. I but I don't I don't see the Cosmos taking it this year. Hmm. I don't know. They just I, I can't take the Cosmos seriously. I just can't. I don't know. I'm sorry guys. I just can't do it. That'll be interesting. But yeah, other teams are having a way way uh, more competitive matches for preseason. It kinda worries me for our first game. In Carolina and Kerry, if we'll be ready. I know they're all fit and they're bonding well and everything, but... Well, we'll according see. to the players, everything is much better than last year. They're already gelling much better and everybody's actually there. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see the results of these preseason games. I know preseason doesn't matter, but... Yeah, I mean, that's a long season. Maybe these teams that started early and went around the world to train, maybe that will catch up with them. Later on in the season, especially China, <laughs> like New York, China, China. Is it is it Tampa Bay that's going over to Europe? Yeah, it's Portugal. Portugal. So, I mean, we'll see how that works out for them. Well, the spring season definitely won't be easy for us because we start with a bunch of away games and and our dates are sort of all clumped together. And uh, then we still have the V Cup games. Yeah, the Voyager's Cup games, like, I think every time there's a Voyager's Cup game, we play a league game the same week. Yeah. So the first two, and then if we beat Edmonton, there's still league games. And Which is kind of odd that they're still going to be happening in April, even though we thought that they're going to move the uh, Voyager's Cup games to, to the summer, right? Well, this was the year they switched it over, and next year, the rumor is that there's going to be teams, other teams, other than uh, NESL, MLS teams, so... There was an article in a Quebec City newspaper this week saying that the PLSQ is going to put a team in the Voyager's Cup next for 2016. So it sounds like the Voyager's Cup is going to be more than just, it's going to be more of an open tournament. Yeah, it should be good. Yeah, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be really good. Like if we can get kids like, you know, some kid in Saskatoon caring about the Voyager's Cup, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, plus it gives all these players extra, you know, like the teams like the Fury and TFC and Montreal and Vancouver can see these players play and you know, hopefully give them maybe a chance up in uh, the top league someday. Now, this is very far away, but we did have a glance at the fall schedule. It looks like we have a lot of um, midweek games, so Wednesday night games. And very few night games, so a lot of like Sunday three o'clock type. Same as last year. Matchups. Uh, but that's because of the the Red Blacks, right? The, the Red Sunday Blacks game. and the Women's World Cup. Yeah. And I think Blogsmith pointed out we're gonna have at least four football line games where basically they don't have enough time to remove the football lines. So. But if they're in the midweek, like 
are you talking about the midweek games are going to be football line games or, no, or just in no, general? The Sunday, so ones. Sunday ones will be. But they have enough time to take the lines off, no? For well, the Red Blacks game is on a Friday or Saturday. If it's on a Saturday, but if it's on a Friday, they have like 24 hours to get th- the lines off, no? I think it's the other way around. We have some Friday games yeah. and then the Red Blacks play Saturday. Yeah. Red Blacks being our CFL team, Canadian Football League. So if we play Friday... And the Red Blacks play Saturday. There's not enough time to paint the lines off. Taking the lines off is not a problem. Oh, Putting okay. the lines on, they have to dry and all that. Okay, but this should really, like, they should have taken care of this in scheduling, though, because by fall, the Women's World Cup is over, and, like, you have enough space to have both in the stadium without overlapping football lines, right? I mean, Did I mention me, that ACDC are coming to the new place? <laughs> <laughs> and it, well, it's not just the CFL. Like uh, one of the games we're having lines is because of the Panda game, which is a local game between Carleton University and Ottawa, U yeah. Ottawa. So um, one of the games will have lines because of a college football game that's being held at Lansdowne. So yeah, it's a bit disappointing as we should be the second tenants in that building. Yeah, like like they're putting priority over college. They're putting priority on college football over like the local pro soccer team. Right, yeah. So, um, I, I think it's something that the, the fans are going to speak out about and hopefully the team hears. It's like, we do not want to see football lines on the pitch at all. And the, the, having four or five games a season, uh, not, it's pretty unacceptable. So I think they're all in the fall season too, right? The football line games? Pretty much, yeah. So, I don't know, there's... I understand and we'll we talk share, about it when it happens. I understand we share uh, share a stadium with the Canadian football team, yeah. But like, but I think for I think we have come far enough in our soccer culture in Canada that if you want to be a professional soccer team, you have to you know take it seriously and have you know a proper soccer pitch. I don't think like. It shouldn't be an issue like, oh, we have football lines. Oh, that's fine. No, it should not be fine. It should be, you know, this is a professional soccer team. You know, we can't have another another game, not even another league, but just another game's lines on the field. I just don't think that's... Yeah, I don't think the Whitecaps are going to have football lines at all this year on any of their games. And have they ever, the Whitecaps? I don't believe so. So why are we any different? Whitecaps play in a CFL stadium. We play in a CFL stadium. Like, get it organized. It's it's unacceptable. Yeah, it's a bit disappointing that the the club came out like before last year started that football lines will be for football and soccer lines will be for soccer. And then we had that one game last year and they're like, oh, sometimes we can't help it. Now it's four games. So what's going to be next year? Will be eight games? Like, yeah. So, uh, I feel like they have to treat soccer more more seriously to get the respect of the soccer fans in the city. So if, if, you're, if you're a fan of uh, Barcelona, one of those guys always watching Barcelona, and someone says, come out to a Fury game, and then they're playing on football lines, then you can't take it seriously. And even just for like a casual fan who, you know, is kind of just coming out to a soccer game just because they want to see a soccer game, if you've got football lines... It, they might not take it quite so seriously either. Like, you know, this is a, a team that, you know, can just play anywhere. It might not be, they might not believe about, like, the professional, you know, like the level or the seriousness of the team. That's what I think, but. 
Yeah. Anyway. Well, let's move on to what else is going on in ASL this year. Uh, one thing is we won't see NASL live again. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that last <laughs> year, but it's probably not going to be back. Um, it was a funny concept, you know, listening in on, uh, let's say we were watching Auto Fury play against the Tampa Bay Rowdies, and then we have these two commentators who are basically Rowdies fans. But everyone who's watching it is a Fury fan because all the Tampa Bay Rowdies fans are in the stadium. And then they charged us for the service, and it was some of it was terrible. And like sometimes the matches wouldn't be up for days, so it, it they're not going to go with the same um, company this year. But nothing has really been announced how exactly it's, it's supposed to work this year. And I've asked people in the club, and they don't really have any information just yet. Yeah, they don't know how they're doing it. Uh, they're saying some teams are on a stream live for free on YouTube. Other teams have TV contracts, like San Antonio's on the local ABC, uh, New York's on One World Sports. So it's great for the American fans. I don't know how we're going to see the games. So basically, officially, each team is is mm. responsible for their own broadcasting. Is that how I understand and, it? And properly? the internet broadcast. Oh, okay. okay. So we'll see. There's nothing official announced, but it'd be great if they did something similar to the USL, where they just put all the games on YouTube live for free. Yeah. I think that's the best model for getting uh, word out and letting, letting like some guy in Wisconsin see the game. You know, like if it's on YouTube. Yeah, and the USL Pro streams are actually pretty good. Yeah, very high quality. I, th every every team last year was pretty good except for Dayton. Dayton was on Dayton watchable. Dutch Lions. Dayton Dutch Lions, <laughs> but they're not they're not in uh, the third division anymore. So. And then we should mention that we have a new team that's going to join us this year, and that's the Jacksonville Armada FC. Um, three teams in Florida out of 11 teams in total. And talk of a team in Miami. <laughs> that is a lot. There's a lot of people in Florida, though. That's true. And the league has a long history in Florida. Mm -hmm. and but it, it really, like, the Florida teams have an advantage over, over all the other teams because their away matches are so much shorter. Yeah, travel. For sure. Yeah. Even, like, Atlanta's not even that far. Yeah. But, uh... Jacksonville sold, what, 7,000 season tickets already? Good for them. That's yeah. great. So they're on... I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's not to be, uh, like, another Indy 11. Maybe even bigger. They're playing yeah. in a baseball stadium. Though. Yeah, they had uh, their first game... Or the first friendly game they played against Philly Union. Yeah. The MLS, they drew 14,000 people in the game. And they won, didn't and they? And they won, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they look pretty good. Yeah, it's good that it's good for the league to have these mm -hmm. expansion teams and actually be strong and have strong ticket sales. Like last year, we had uh, Ottawa and Indy Eleven, and this year we have Jacksonville. So so far, so good. Uh, and then moving on, Edmonton signed Sane Nyasi. Who wants to talk about that? Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Edmonton's, uh, they've always made good signings, eh? Like, they're, they're building every year they get stronger. Like, the league gets stronger every year, and Edmonton's keeping up. Uh, I think this year Atlanta's probably not as strong. I don't think we'll see Fort Lauderdale in the final, for sure. I think Fort Lauderdale's uh, on their way down. So, my understanding is that the Atlanta Silverbacks, uh, the, the financial control is kind of in, the, in control of NASL now. 
they're sort of they're sort of like Chivas was last year for the MLS. Yeah, and then they're not sell the team to LA. No. Yeah. Oh my god. The league is like really. So the league is taking control of the Silverbacks. Um, apparently, they plan on keeping the team in Atlanta. So that'll be interesting. Is that the long term plan, or is that just for this year? Like. They said just so far this year, but they they're looking for a long term ownership group in Atlanta. Okay. What's interesting about the uh, MLS team in Atlanta is they're going to be playing in in the football stadium mm-hmm. in the center of the city, and the Silverbacks actually play way outside the city. And Atlanta is mm-hmm. what the third or fourth biggest market in the United States. Yeah, it's up there. So there's no yeah. reason why they can't support two teams, and it's the kind of thing that maybe the MLS team will bring enough attention to soccer. It actually helps the NASL team. Let's hope. We'll see. Because they've got some really good fans and some really like passionate fans down there, and it. I mean, they did a, a campaign on Twitter to like save the Silverbacks last year, and I don't know. I kind of feel bad for you know anybody who's losing a team, but. You know. Yeah, I feel I'd feel bad if they lost a team. I don't feel bad when we beat them. No, 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 of course not. But you know what I mean. Like, you just think about like what ha- what would happen. You know. How would you feel if that happened? It's uh, not the greatest. Anyway. Well, the, the story um, that got NASL the most attention in the offseason was definitely the uh, Fort Lauderdale strikers and Fat Ronaldo <laughs> having uh, an ownership there. I don't know how much of the team he owns, like 20% or something like that. But uh, he's 38 years old, and he's been hinting that he may uh, suit up for the team uh, in the in the playoffs, well, so playoffs. he bought the team, and then he was like, "Hey guys, so he, I might play." So he might play if they make the playoffs. He might uh-huh. play before. I don't know. Oh. That's I've always been hearing it in connection with the playoffs. Uh, we don't need this kind of distractions, and we just kind of we got we want to be taken seriously, mm-hmm. like like the whole rural like thirty eight year like it's hard to take those guys seriously. I know they're big names. It's great for marketing and all that, but. I want to see like a young Oliver out there. I don't want to see Raul and Fat Ronaldo. Yeah, Raul did finally sign with the New York Cosmos, so yeah. we'll probably see him in Ottawa this year. And you know who didn't sign with the Cosmos? Nana Adekora signed with the Scorpions. Yeah, they love the Canadians. <laughs> yeah, Adrian Can should be back soon as well. He's yeah, recovering from injury, but he should be back. And, yeah. and their coach is still Canadian, right? Yeah, I think they have more Canadians than... Any other team except for Edmonton? <laughs> and the Fury. And the Fury? Yeah, we have four or five. We have more than four. We have more than four, don't we? We have Becky. Becky, Trafford, uh, Usakio. Patrick, the... Yeah, Patrick, the new Davies. guy from Frankfurt. Davies. Davies. And, and DeBellis. DeBellis is also Canadian. That's six. We have six. Am I missing anybody? I don't know. Hayward. Hayward. Howarth, oh my god. Didn't yes. we have the most Canadian minutes of any professional soccer yes. team last year? Mm-hmm. Okay. We're doing all right with We're the doing Canadians. okay. Of any Canadian soccer team. And then another big thing that they shouldn't go and mention is that Indy got their new stadium approved. That's huge. <laughs> they desperately need a new stadium. That's like their stadium is so crap, their current one. Well, they didn't even have like proper washrooms and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. and they, I, remember, I remember they had to like climb the stairs to get the players have to climb the stairs to get to the dressing room. It's like, excuse me, I have to go to the dressing room. That's great. You know, what I love about Indy 11 is uh, you don't hear 
They don't want MLS. You don't hear their fans talking about, oh, when we're in MLS. You hear that in Minnesota. You hear that in San Antonio. But Indy 11's just happy to be Indy 11 in the NASL. And you got to respect that. you got to love that. And they're, yeah. they're just so excited about the team. Like, despite the terrible stadium and despite all that stuff, they were like, yes. And I mean, like, the team wasn't that great last year either, let's no, be honest. Especially the first spring season. They're terrible. And they just, like, the fans in India were just like, yay, soccer, which is great. Good job. Yeah. So, hopefully we'll see the same kind of thing in Jacksonville this year. So. Yeah, so far the, the signs are looking pretty good. Um, well, let's take another break, and then uh, we'll uh, get to the listener questions. We have quite a few, so stick with us. You're listening to the Hours is a Fury podcast. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. In our final segment of the podcast, uh, we're going to engage with the listeners of the show. Sounds dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a lot of people were asking on Twitter when we were coming back with our next podcast. So thanks, guys. We felt the love. So this week we asked, considering the lineup changes, do you think the Fury have improved enough to compete for a top four position? And first of all, Mark Lapointe says, compete, perhaps, get in, doubtful. He doesn't believe. <laughs> no, it'll be hard to get that fourth spot, but, or third spot. Maybe that's the problem. We shouldn't shoot for the fourth spot. We should shoot for the first spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then tweets from Seth whose Twitter handle happens to be at tweets from Seth, <laughs> says, Funny. yes, but unfortunately a few teams did enough to be top four as well. I wonder which teams he means. Probably the Cosmos. And San Antonio, Minnesota. Tampa's apparently really beefed up their lineup. And uh, Namu, Namu he's, a, he's a new listener. <laughs> okay. Uh, love the defense additions. Like the Ford editions, if we sign one more hell of a center, center, you mean center, center midfielder, center mid, yeah, then I would say yes. So that's where we're lacking is center mid, I guess. Now well, Patrick's a center mid, right? Yeah, but he's he's more of a backup player at the moment, no? Like yeah, and Richie Ryan. We still have Ubi Parapovic. We too. do. Yes. I remember him from last year. Mm-hmm. He may have played a little. Yeah. And Saint Cody Vasisi said. Agree with Namu's points, but I also think that a longer, better organized training camp will be the biggest difference. Fully agree. Mm-hmm. Fully agree. I think I think we need better preseason games, uh, better training camp. We have to be uh, ahead. I think. Well, last year we had like a couple players that didn't join until the very end due to visa issues. I remember Vinny Dantas and was it uh, Oliver hadn't. Weren't there until the very end of the training camp. And, and Trafford also mentioned today that he didn't know what he was doing, so he was not there until the very end either. So Isn't there two players that still haven't shown up for training camp this year? Uh, there's Omar Jeroon, who is sort of missing in action. Like He's supposed to be with us this year, but he isn't here, and everyone's wondering what's going on. Mm-hmm. And is there someone else? Davies? Phil Davies, I haven't seen him around, but... I mean, so, I don't go all the time, but... But are, they're both under contract, though, right? They should be, yeah. 
Okay, well, we'll keep up to date to that. We're not going to tweet about that. We'll find out more. Hmm. Yeah, so... So Matthew uh, Hawkins said, answer to the question, not too sure if we have a central forward striker. Need big improvement from Andrew or Tommy? Maybe Howarth or Oliver in the center forward. Oh. Yeah, well, Andrew Wiedemann seems pretty motivated. I asked him straight up, like, can you play anything else besides central forward? And he pretty much said that uh, that's his only position. Like, he doesn't want to play on the wing or anything like that. So he's going to be our big goal scorer this year. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. That's good. And Tommy Heinemann is fitter than ever. <laughs> we mentioned that Tommy's fit. <laughs> Tommy has been working out. <clears throat> um, Darren Handley, who is at Darren in Ottawa, said, uh, all I care about is that they make it past Edmonton in the Amway. I kind of agree. I kind of agree with that as well. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see that game in Vancouver, like Fury against Whitecaps on national television. That would be pretty sweet. I, yeah. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, if we do beat Edmonton, the, the MLS side that we'll play will be Vancouver this year. And if we beat Vancouver, in Vancouver, we have a home-and-home home against either Montreal or Toronto, which would be huge. Very. Very huge. And then uh, Fury Fanatic, who, who also has a blog um, that uh, you guys should all check out. Uh, what's the address for uh, Stuart Max blog? Oof, I'll look it up and we'll get back to you on that one. <clears throat> uh, anyway, he said, I think they've done the best they can within their budget, but top four will be a tough test. Yeah. So a lot of people don't believe that we're uh, trying to make it, eh? Well, we haven't had a, like one signing where it's like, yeah, now we can compete. Like We have some solid signings, but you know, nothing crazy. You know? we, we don't have any 38-year-old Raul. Or... 37. Oh, 37. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. Yeah. Um, if you want to follow Fury Fanatic's blog, it's actually furyfanatic.wordpress.com. So it's yeah, worth he, checking out. Yeah, he does a lot of good work. And yeah. he also uh, posts frequently at uh, retnationonline.ca, which you should all check out because... They're the people that yeah. host us, and they're great. And he goes to all the practices, and he does, like, post-practice reports and stuff. So He's very well-informed. Yeah. yeah. Good guy. <clears throat> and uh, Keaton Robbins said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> right, but then he adds, they've done what they can, though. Yeah, we got a limited budget. You know, we're not one of the big players, so. Um, I mean, this is year two, so, I mean... <laughs> anything above what we've done last year will be a huge like a, a good progress for the team um i don't know i'm i'm always overly optimistic i'm always overly optimistic i think we could get the number four spot but i mean last year i was overly op optimistic as well so that's just kind of i'm i'm an optimist guys so yeah. i say yes how long is that going to be excuse oh we don't have the budget we have the budget. Plus, we have a great coach. And I mean, you can do a lot with a small budget and a great coach and a great team of motivated players. So, I don't know. I mean, yes, it plays a role, but I think if you can work positively with what you have, like, you can get a lot of work done. Like, how much bigger is Minnesota United's budget than our budget? 
I don't know because this freaking leak doesn't. Yeah, they don't publish. <laughs> they don't publish anything. <laughs> Unlike the MLS, where you can check everyone's salary, we just don't know. Yeah. So we have some uh, listener questions too, eh? Yeah, we have some direct listener questions. So uh, Matt Hawkins asked, Heinemann or Wiedemann? It's going to be one of the men. Yeah. <laughs> Oliver out in the wing or as number 10? Best way to react for another season of CFL Lions plus concerts. Oh, dude, that's three questions. Yeah. Ugh. So I'd like to give Heinemann a try just because... Uh, so fit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, you know, Wiedemann's going to take some time to get used to the team and so on, and, you know, Heinemann already knows everyone inside out, so. I like having the options. Like, you have two players. Like, I'm not as scared of injuries this year because we actually have a guy, a number two guy in the same position. Mm-hmm. The same thing on the wings. Like, Oliver gets hurt, he gets his teeth knocked out or something. We have a guy to replace I checked him. his teeth today. He seems fine. <laughs> yes, he looks really good. Them out, yeah. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Ours is the Fury, <laughs> the number one dental podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, Andrew McVicker uh, said. Wait, asked, we, we didn't really reply to all of the. Uh, oh, so many questions. I know, so many questions in one tweet. Matt, next time, so, one question. Oliver out of the wing, yeah, sure, why not? He is more of a winger than, than the forward anyway, so Proved that's what we're expecting. Possible. Um, concerts and CFL lines like if the CFL lines happened like once or twice a season I could live with it but if it's really four times as we're expecting that's a little much I I kind of agree with that it's upsetting yeah it's if it was happening other places I'd be like yeah okay I understand but it's not happening it, it, ha- it happened once in Seattle's history I don't think it's ever happened to the White Caps so I don't think has it it's never well TFC doesn't share their stadium but not yet, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's rude okay <laughs> so uh, Andrew McVicker asks of the returning player who has the most to prove and who do you think will be the most improved? Oh. Ooh, good question. Uh, I think that, not to put any any pressure on, but I think Nikki Patterson um, has a little bit of proving himself to do. He, like, of course he missed the first half of this, like he missed the first spring season with an injury. And I think he was kind of still, you know, getting up to 100% in the fall season. So I think... Um, he will it'll be nice to see what he can do at full strength um but i think he is one that was advertised a lot as like a good player and i think he needs to kind of prove himself this year i also think that maro Estakio could um really um, prove to be a vital player this year like he showed um last season that he he is a great central midfielder and he played in some important games for us but I think he's going to play a bigger role yeah I think uh, the most improved I think Ronald Pizer our keeper does I mean we just spent so much you know effort getting these center backs in we've improved our defense that I mean a lot of pressure is going to be on him to not let in uh, like soft goals that will maybe cost us the game He's got the guys in front of him now, so, you know, hopefully you can keep doing your thing like you did last year and, you know, help, these, help the team win. 
Yeah, I think uh, Heinemann's going to be the most improved. Um, if he can play more physical and uh, be stronger, taking the ball down, it'll just change his game completely. He'll 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 be like one of the more standout players. And uh, to prove, I don't know. Maybe in the midfield, I think Richie Ryan has like as a team captain and a leader and stuff. He has the biggest weight on his shoulders mm. to prove himself. And, Fair enough. Yeah, and he's getting towards the end of his career. So, we'll see. Uh, another listener question came from uh, Saint Cody of Assisi. Um, should we be concerned about the lack of coordination between the CFL and Fear of C? And know if Edmonton has had similar problems. I'm not really that aware of a lack of coordination between the two teams. I mean... Well, it was a scheduling thing that was the problem. Like the NASL announced their schedule, and then the CFL announced their schedule, and then the NASL had to change their schedule. So I think that's what he means. Mm -hmm. um, as far as Edmonton, they play in a different stadium. They don't play in Commonwealth Stadium. They play in a stadium adjacent to Commonwealth Stadium. So I don't think it's an issue in Edmonton. But uh, be nice if they're more organized. Yeah, there don't seem to be any coordination whatsoever. It just seems yeah. to be the CFL schedule is the CFL schedule and everything else kind of gets you know, scheduled around it. They kind of feel like two... Well, I mean, of course, they're two separate teams, but they have the same ownership group, but they kind of feel like they're completely separate to me anyway. I don't know if you guys agree, but they don't seem to work together at all. Yeah, it's, it feels like they're not not the main focus which is which is unfortunate and I know they're serious about the soccer team things like that but to to so quickly and easily just uh, change the schedule after it's announced it's a bit upsetting but. and especially like um, we're talking to the club today and there's New York fans that want to come up the Cosmos supporters groups and they don't know if that game's set in stone yet they might move it right Oh. So it's tough for them, too, and it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think Edmonton has the same problems at all. No, they play in a different stadium. They play in different stadium, different ownership groups. Everything's completely different. Yeah. The, same, the only thing the same is the uh, E-train stop. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess there's a couple times that they might play at Colorado Stadium like they did the one time this year. Soccer games at the Commonwealth are always really funny because it's such a giant stadium and it never gets filled even like halfway full. It looks so empty. Yeah, we've been to a couple games that are a little over half full. 60,000 60, seat or maybe more than that. And we went to a couple games. We went to a Whitecaps Galaxy game there and it was over half full, but it still felt empty. <laughs> like that's how big that stadium is. It's huge. Yeah. That's a really great facility though. So. And uh, another listener question came from Aaron Hooper, who's at the Aaron Hooper on Twitter, and he asked, how is the Fury going to maximize on more advertising, more people in the stands? Well, um, if they had a little bit more advertising, that would be a step in the right direction. Um, I don't know, I feel like they could be advertised a lot better and with more kind of focus. Are they even advertised at all? this year so you're talking about advertising the team in the city right not like yeah not like I, mr I lube assume. signs in the in yeah the I, assume, okay. I assume it's in the in the city 
I haven't come across a single advertising for the Fury. Not this year, no. Not this year, no. Yeah, and we, we do have the World Cup, the Women's World Cup in Ottawa this year, so it's huge opportunities to piggyback off, off the excitement of that. I see Women's World Cup advertisement everywhere. Like on every bus, there's an ad in the French, uh, in the STO buses, television. From, the, from Quebec and Ontario. Yeah, English everywhere. and French television as well. Yeah. Tons of advertising. It's huge. Yeah. So that's great. Um, yeah. I know they're planning a big fall season. Talking to the ticket sales reps and stuff. They're, they're really excited about the fall season. I wish they'd focus more on the spring season. And like getting up to that ten thousand point, which I think they could easily easily do if they focused on it. But yeah, I don't know, Aaron. I don't know how to how they're gonna maximize it. Um, I think just just piggybacking onto the World Cup, and like, and if we can do well in the Voyagers Cup and beat Vancouver or Toronto or Montreal, that says a lot about the NASL and this club and. And people taking the league more seriously. Yeah, it'd be huge if we played an MLS team. I mean, we, I think Vancouver is probably the worst opponent to play. Like, it would be better to play either Montreal or Toronto. Yeah, because people know those teams here. Yeah, Montreal team. would be sort of the local rival, and then Toronto would be the same, uh, the team of the same province. Yeah. So. But anyway, it'd still be awesome to, to host the Vancouver Whitecaps for sure. Yeah, so another question from uh, Cody. It says, probably too late for the show, but... St- no, it's not too no, late. No, it's not, actually. No, just in time. Want to know what you all think of the lack of high-profile season friendlies. Yeah, we talked about this. I think we but. covered that, yeah. Well, when I first saw the schedule, I was so excited. I was like, we're going to play against Toronto? We're going to play against the Montreal Impact? This is great! And then it turns out it was actually TFC2 and FC Montreal, which is the Montreal Impact's USL Pro team. And I was going off on Twitter about this. FC Montreal looked terrible. Like, the team, like, the average age is 19. But it's basically a youth squad. And they're going to play in, like, a full professional. Well, I'm kind of annoyed the way that the Fury advertised this. Because, like, they really made it seem like we're playing the, you know, the the proper team. And it, it wasn't. I think we're we're done, we're done do really well against both those games, but yeah. Lack of high profile. I think there's opportunity. There's no there's no uh, mid season friendly this year either, like we did with the Rangers no. last year. Oh, they there's already the said that. That's not gonna happen. There's nothing lined up. I don't and think they have time. Yeah, the World like, Cup. Yeah. World Cup. We're kind of packed here. And then it's like the English teams, what was the summer they come over and play here? So. It's really hard when the winter is so long, but uh, I feel like there should be. Some sort of organization going on. We could do a friendly against, uh, like maybe a. This sounds crazy, but like a Japanese, like a J League team, Ooh, or, or uh, that would be fun, or A League team yeah. from Australia. I know it, it won't draw the crowds <laughs> at all. But Ryan would be happy. But I would be. Happy. I would be so happy. Oh, There'd be like God. three people there, and we'd be like so stoked. <laughs> that was so much fun. Yeah. So. Plus, I know a lot of uh, Japanese people living in Ottawa who are really super excited about soccer, so that would be really awesome for them, too. And Andrew McVicker asks, each of you give your percentage probability of Ottawa Fury FC making the playoffs. They're Ryan? <laughs> I'd say 50%. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with 25%. 25 
Okay, who in your heart, like, who do you think's better than us? Minnesota, San Antonio, and the Cosmos. And that's it, though, right? Yeah, possibly the Strikers, maybe the Rowdies. Yeah, the Rowdies and the Rowdies. But we saw last year, like, the teams can all compete with each other. So I think, I think now that we know the league and have been to all of the cities and played all the teams except and kind of know their system, Jacksonville, except Jacksonville. Jacksonville. <laughs> Yeah. Again, I'm going to be overly optimistic and say 70%. Wow. I know. Wow, I thought I was being bold. I know. Uh, kind of with John, I'm going to say 30%. You're saying 30, John, too? Mm-hmm. No, 25. Yeah. 25, oh. I think, I think we've done enough to improve, like to switch kind of our losses, our, our close losses to draws, but I don't think we have enough you know, firepower up front to change those into wins to move up the table enough challenge for the top I four. totally agree like who's going to be scoring all our goals like we still don't have Andrew like... you're going to score all our goals <laughs> we yeah. have Wiedemann and Oliver Paulo and Junior Paulo yes yeah I think see. I think we're going to get quite a few more goals this year I'm positive I think it's going to be good I don't know we'll see like um, teams that no one's talking about is Carolina yeah they're not going on very they're under the radar. radar, yeah. So we'll see. Like, imagine Railhawks come out and just destroy everyone. <laughs> you never know. We get them first. Yeah, we'll find out. So. So. Well, that pretty much concludes all the listener questions. Um, we'll probably have another podcast before our very first game against Carolina. Oh, I'd sure. imagine. But we'll preview them and uh, we'll give you a brief rundown of the upcoming schedule then. Um, when will that be? Uh, I think our first game is what? Uh, April 2nd? No, is it really? Yeah, it's pretty early. It's pretty early. It's in, and it's in Cary, uh, North Carolina. So, yeah, it's pretty early. So it's coming soon. So we have the three preseason games, four preseason games. And then uh, we're going to be already in Carolina for that game. Well... That pretty much concludes our podcast. Um, unless I'm missing something big. Uh, no, I don't think so. We've signed... <laughs> no. Tommy Heineman is thin. <laughs> Tommy Heineman is fit. He is ready to go. <laughs> so we can be found at, at Ottawa Fury. Uh, we're hosted by... Yes, on Twitter. And uh, we're hosted by Red Nation Online. We now have an email address. We have yet to receive an email, so please write us one. We have an email address? Yes. What is uh, the email address? Ours is the Fury Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in going to New York for the away uh, match against New York Cosmos played in Brooklyn, let us know. Uh, We'll give you all the details. Or you can visit stonymondayriot.com. Dot com, yeah. There's a thing up there. Yeah, so the big game in New York. And uh, also check out furytalk.tk. It's a brand new Ottawa Fury forum for anybody interested in, in the Fury. Uh, it's, a, it's a forum where you can exchange ideas and so on. And also check out a new blog site, actually, called Northern Starting Eleven. Um, this is a blog from uh, of all the Canadian teams, including the national teams, men's and women's. Um, they're doing a really cool project. They have writers in each city. Um, I happen to be one of the Fury writers. Um, so check that out if you want 
any information on any Canadian teams. They're doing a great job so far. And that's at northernstarting11.com. All right, so that concludes uh, the show for the week. We'll be back fairly soon. And, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to the next season of the Fury. And uh, get in touch with us. See ya! Bye-bye!